Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. That'd be me. Um, <laughs> I was just what are you laughing this, about? Well, this is Guy talking. This is kind of a wimpy little intro tune for what Guy talking. No, Shouldn't it's be not. Like, Boy, like some heavy metal, yeah, just some just headbanger striper. Enjoy your Go last on, hour. Yeah, anyway, I'm guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. There should be big, bigger, Stop. stronger music, right? Yeah, I just, I was just. It struck me as funny. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's well, cool. It's tune. in the computer. That's how the it's hour a, starts. Regardless. Cool now, when we come cool back, tune. we'll have some hipper music. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yes. yes yeah. Thank very, you. Thank you. Mark Senius is one of my guests uh, in the hour, and he was <laughs> the, the person speaking so far. Yes. And uh, Pastor Tom Brock is in studio, as is George P. Fraser, co-host of Real Recovery. And we are here having guy talk, so you know what that means. We're going to talk about anything and everything. Sports is usually uh, something that gives guys something to talk about that doesn't involve them personally. And we don't do that on guy talk. We'll talk about anything personal. We'll talk about anything that is uh, maybe a hard, delicate issue. Maybe you've got something that's come up in your conversation and you want us to talk about it as well. We're happy to do that. Let us know what the topic is, what the issue is, 877 933-2484. Nine three three two four eight four. Again, eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Doctor Peter Kapsner is usually with us, with us, but he is in Scotland right now. And when he comes Boo. back, when he comes back, it's he's down to a hundred and fifty community hours. That's this okay. Trip, this trip is worth a lot to him. Hmm. So let's take a break and be right back. From furnace tune-ups to chopping firewood to new coat shopping, you're getting ready for the cold. Because it will come. I can't feel my face. As you listen to Faith Radio, you can dive deeper and deeper into your relationship with the Lord, rooting yourself in the truth of His Word, so that when the winds of life blow in your work, relationships, finances, or health, you're ready. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Faith Radio is there to help you hold on to hope. It's like the brightest sunrise Waiting on the other side On the darkest night Don't ever lose hope Hold on and believe Maybe you just haven't seen it Just haven't seen it yet You're closer than you think you are Pressing on with you Faith Radio Maybe you just haven't seen it Just haven't seen it show guy talks underway got a great power panel in studio today george p fraser co-host of real recovery pastor tom brock and go to pastors pastorstudy.org yep pastorstudy.org for his website mark senius uh, who is an adjunct professor here do i have that right no, i'm an actual, actual i'm the chair of the actual, communication actual, i know you are i'm just like into, trying to diminish <laughs> okay. diminish you a little diminish bit the ego to kind of fit me uh, in the room yeah, yeah okay why is it. it why is a thief in the night the gold standard of thievery i would think if you're robbing during the day that you're actually working harder I would think so. That would be the place to do it. Yeah, I mean, 
Because in broad daylight with everyone walking around, I mean, that's when it would be harder to do it, I would think. I think that's when it's actually the, there's more crime committed during the day than there is at night, actually. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Think Anybody I else want to jump in on that, or is that just my, my they thought? They seem to know a lot about this, don't they, Tom? When, <laughs> I, when I watch those crime TV shows, you know, they start at the beginning of yeah. four people were killed at a slumber party, and then it, they're real stories, and then how they caught the guy. Boy, do I lock my doors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really lock my doors when I watch that stuff. Why does nobody ever turn on a light in those things? I don't know. No <laughs> it's like it's still dark. It's like, Go turn on the lights. And nobody thinks of that. It's like, oh, it's scary. Yeah. I'm not going to turn on the yeah. light. Keep so. it dark. Yeah. All right. Suicide, suicide rate among people ages 20, uh, mm. I'm sorry, 10 to 24 years old has climbed 56% between 2007 and 2017, according to the report from the Centers for Disease Control. Amazing coincidence here, maybe. The iPhone was introduced in 2007 mm. and started the use of social media. Mm-hmm. Is there any connection there? Mm. Wow. Um, 56% wow. between ages of 10 to 24. What's the years. symbol of Apple? What's the symbol? Yeah. It's an apple with a bite taken out. There you go. That didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing the show to no, the right I think maybe the knowledge of the Internet, what it provides, <clears throat> is that that's way out in the open now for kids. When we were growing up, Billy, that wasn't even on the radar. Right. <clears throat> that was my point, that I think it's out there, uh, you know, people posting this and that, that it's more uh, an option for kids now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's be careful we don't want to give, um, you know, make a correlation between something that comes out and something that, you know, that's something that's happening. But I do think that you will, just the fact that social media, you know, everybody's got it all together but you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, it's the, it's like a giant Christmas card every day, right? You know, which is always, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get yeah. the Christmas card in the mail at Christmas yeah. time, like, look, it's the happy family. Right. And so you get that sort of every day. I mean, I know that I feel that way sometimes if I, you know, if I have some other family members that just post nothing but just absolute, you know, we're the greatest, my kids are the greatest. Mm. And then if there's something that you're struggling with, you know, with your family or your friends and you just think, well, everybody has it all together but me. And I can see where it's like, I have to, I have to perform like this. I have to, I get, I have to get to this standard. Then... And, and that pressure is overwhelming. When you go into a restaurant, and let's say there's 40 people in the restaurant of all ages, and 50% of them are not talking or looking at the person across the table, they're looking down on their phone. I think that's, you know, the more lonely you are, the more suicidal you are, I think. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, you think, isn't, you know, is the iPhone killing us? Well, what I was throwing out there was I think it's more of an option now for kids that people are doing it, it's somewhat glamorized and, and made okay. And I think we got to get the truth out there. I'm not on social media. I used to be. And uh, during the last election, I got off it because I realized I wouldn't have any friends left because I was shocked at what some people were posting. Mm-hmm. But I think it's dangerous to have those options, you know, the pornography, right. the suicide, the um, glamorizing sin mm-hmm. is a big part of that, Billy. And, I, uh, guys, I, I think that's you got to watch that. And let's just say, too, one more time, for adults and kids, there's something called Covenant Eyes. You pay them 11 bucks a month. They put filters on your iPhone, your computer, your laptop, and do it for yourself and for your kids. 
because I have a one of the tech one of the uh, volunteers for my ministry knows all the GodTube YouTube stuff and does our show. And I said, well, because I don't know this stuff. I've got I've got it, but I I said, well, so if a ten year old has an iPhone, the parents are putting filters on that, aren't they? And he said, overwhelmingly, parents don't know how to do that. Mm. And I I found dads playboys and penthouses when I was eight years old, and they messed me up. Now kids have access to hardcore pornography. And I mean, I have a Christian friend, and he said his, he's, he looked at his da- seven-year-old daughter, hmm. and she had watched hardcore pornography for three hours the night before. And he said to me, I don't think she's perverted. I just think she's curious. But so mom and dad out there, for your own sake, put it on your own computers, but then make sure they're on your kids' Covenant Eyes, just Google that word. Yeah, we use Open DNS, which is free. Same thing. And it, yeah, it doesn't send out free. the email. Like well, I gotta like, get onto this. <laughs> just Open DNS, and it'll just block all the websites. <clears throat> you can set up the filters in there. Plus, on your iPhone too, this is what we have in our family. We have um, you can set it up where you can't go to certain websites just through the infrastructure of the mm-hmm. iPhone. So you have to get a password, and you can limit those websites to keep your kids there. And, and so, what's that those. called again? Uh, the one is Open DNS. That's set up through your router system. D-N- open, I think. What is it? OpenDNS.com. I DNS. Think it okay. Mm-hmm. Open DNS. And then the other thing is just in the iPhone settings, you can go in there and set a password to keep people from where you can limit the number of the types of websites, and it'll just block it for you. For no, your kids. Mm-hmm. Or if, and even for yourself. Yeah, I mean, but I've got what if at a weak me. moment you want to override it? Would you be able to? Well, I could, yes. I suppose that's yeah. true. But then I also, that's, well, thanks for that. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, that's why I get this other that's, service. No, yeah. Well, I do also have friends, and we talk about that all the time. Good. So, yeah. Good. It's interesting, and a, a, a listener, Terry, chimed in, because a lot of the executives in Silicon Valley are limiting access to cell phones. I mean, this is the inventors. Mm. I mean, the 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 Apple executives and really? the Microsoft exec- executives. They're they're limiting their kids' access to their own products that they have manufactured uh-huh. and made gajillions of dollars on because they know what the truth is. Wow. I, I always hate to sort of bring this topic up, but it's so vital. I think. People are yeah. just so disconnecting from Everybody each other. is looking down. They are you looking know, down. So yeah. when I first started teaching at Northwestern, it, I mean, the classes would be very vibrant and, you know, lively as I would kind of walk into the room. And a lot of times, sometimes it'll just be increasingly way quiet mm-hmm. as I walk into the room. It's like, what? It, everybody's just kind of yep. doing their own thing, got headphones on, yep. really just super isolated. And, and I know some of them have, you know, they're going through some hard times, breakups or whatever. And it's like... You know, this is not a good place to be. No. Where if you're not, if you're just, you, yeah. you know, you just kind of circle the drain when you're mm-hmm. just isolated that, that when you're kept with your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, so I try to, you know, like, let's put away yeah. the phones yeah. now. I, I had a fun. bunch of friends over once and I took out a basket and I hmm. made them all put their iPhones in the basket hmm. for the night. And I think they can, they still remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, do you know the panic you have uh, that reinforces that for me? Where's my phone? Yeah. Uh, why do I need this thing? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have one for 40 plus well, right. longer than that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a psychological addiction. I got to check it. I don't want to miss out. Uh, it's reinforcing. It's very stimulating yeah. to look at it. And then, of course, they say, oh, go ahead, Tom. Well, I was I was preaching for a month in Florida this summer. And there's a pizza place I went into a few times and it had a sign on the wall, 
we don't have Wi-Fi, pretend it's 1995 and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, you know, then they always say, make sure you don't have your cell phone next to your bed. But for a lot of people, it's the only phone they have. Mm-hmm. And they want a phone nearby if they get a call in the night or mm-hmm. an emergency. So, you know, they say charge it in your living room. But I'll tell you this, the one, I keep mine next to my bed because when I can't sleep at night, it's a free app. Anybody can get it. Go to Bible.is. Mm-hmm. And when I can't sleep, I push the button and the person reads me the, the Gospel of John or nice. Leviticus or nice. whatever. So just there's, there's one way to use it for good, Bible.is. I like that. I will check that out myself. Let me take a little break. Guy Talk is underway, which means we will tackle any topic you'd like. Let us know what you would like us to chat about. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. That song are very pure. And oh, also, they are. It is the it is the living living I know image that of song, Philippians four six. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Guide Talk. Past performance is no indicator of future results, uh, <laughs> as is the case. The power panel is George P. Fraser, co-host of Real Recovery. Pastor Tom Brock. Go to pastorstudy.org to learn more about Tom and Mark Senius, who I think is a. Um, Adjunct. Prof- oh, wait, you're the chair. It rhymes with genius, but I think we're <laughs> going to figure out pretty quickly it just rhymes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Question, uh, gentlemen. Uh, how do you approach miracles in the Bible from today's standpoint? What do you think about miracles in the Bible from today's standpoint? Do you so see? Do you mean like the miracles still happen today? Is that yeah. what we're asking? Yeah. And what do they look like? And are they every bit as spectacular as ones in the Bible? Sure. I should have sent you the questions in advance. Uh, 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 the Mr. Blinky show. You guys are all standing well, I mean, here blinking some, at me. Some well, pe- we are guys who don't talk. You know. <laughs> some, you know, some Bible commentaries, of course, Jesus never said this. Or, of course, Moses didn't part the group. What happened was there was a strong east wind. You know, let it say what it says. And, and why we have a supernatural God. Why can't it all be true? That's my right. opinion. Well, I mean, you just think about anybody who's a believer or believes that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Yeah. He, he, you know, he was born, he came, he died, yep. he, he rose, he rose, and he will come again. Yep. Anybody that believes that, that's a miracle. There you go. And you know, last week on True. this show, we I talked about a a guy uh, in England who I led to the Lord recently. But you know what he he said? What I can't believe is the two of every animal lined up and got into that ark. And I said to him. And, and he hadn't accepted Christ at this point. I said, you know, you don't have to believe in Noah and the ark to be saved. There are people like Orthodox Jews who believe in Noah and the ark and who are not uh, saved believers. But I said, you know, you got to, 1 Corinthians 15, the meat, the center of the faith as Christ died for our sins, rose from the dead. That's what you've got to cling to. And that helped him. He accepted Christ. Now, I hope later he'll come around and understand God can do anything but what saves us is not believing in this miracle or that miracle. The miracle we believe in to be saved is his death and his erection. Yeah. I mean, that happened to me just yesterday. Uh, and a fellow just was asking me, it's like, so I, there's this girl that I know, and she's at this, she's at a church camp. But, like, she was talking about Harry Potter. We didn't, never read Harry Potter. Like, Harry Potter's the devil, and we just don't read Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, 
you know, do you believe that? You know, because he knows that I'm a believer. It's like, well, I mean, whether you read that book or not is not the is not the issue no. for no. the gospel, no. or whether somebody decides that that's bad for them or good for mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, that's not the real issue. Yeah, got to keep the main thing the main thing. Absolutely, I think. Uh, one of the things that convicted me in my life, I always thought like Jonah and the whale was kind of a parable or a, you know, a metaphor. And uh, then I read Jesus said just as Jonah mm-hmm. was in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man was. So for me, uh, it would be easy to go, okay, I dismiss Genesis and some of this. The Bible's either all true or it's not true. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. And and what it gets down to, my basic problem is, God, you got to prove yourself to me. So God's existence depends on whether or not I believe in him. There's a little ego involved there. And that's putting ourselves, putting ourselves above God. Yeah. And, and I think the standards that we have to throw out there now, as we were talking about how everything's eroding, you know, through the phones and suicides and sex and all that. Hey, this is true. And we don't live like it is all the time. And we don't act like it is. We don't talk like it is. And all these little things nick away at us. <clears throat> going to movies, uh, I got stepkids now. And I never thought about going to an R movie it was bad because I can handle it. Well, you know what? I can't handle Mm-mm. it. Amen. Yeah. No. There's a song by uh, Andy Gullahorn that uh, was out a few years ago. Basically, you know, all the verses are about, you know, these bad things that happen, but it uh, essentially, it doesn't make God any less true. Mm-hmm. It's like if you lose uh, a baby through a miscarriage, that doesn't make God any less true. Um, as a husband, I fail, and but it doesn't make God's love any less true. Amen. Yeah. I like Stuff. that. Yeah. So when we are told that we should love our neighbors— because that the command from Scripture were to love our neighbors. Um, what are we uh, doing to be proactive about that? I'm just curious as to what you guys do, because I moved into a different neighborhood a couple years ago, and it's been a lot of work to try to establish something with neighbors, because everybody does their thing. They pull into their garage, and the garage door closes, and, yeah. and they're, they're in their little zone. And if they're out cutting their lawn, they've got headphones on. That's my situation, too. If I live in a townhouse, yeah. I never see my neighbors, hardly ever. Yeah. But I'll tell you the one thing I do. I pray for them. Okay. And then, in God's time, I mean, the lady next door prayed and received Christ with me. Wow. Which awesome. took years. Never did talk to her husband. But I, you pray for them. Start there. And then if you're uh, better than I am, you invite them over for dinner. That's just not me. But... <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to go overboard with this. Come on, no, come on. Yeah. I've got great neighbors. I, I love my neighbors. Rob is the world's best neighbor ever. Uh, he's a lot better neighbor to me than I am to him. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, same here. I mean, we just kind of get out. If if there's a gathering of people that are talking, then I usually try to get out there and talk with them. Mm. And and um, there's a couple believers on the on the neighborhood. But it's, I mean, there's just a lot of activity in the front yard and talking and helping one another out. And I've got a great neighbor named Rob as well. Why are good neighbors named Rob? I don't <laughs> know. Great question. And so it's, uh, you know, and like he just helps me a lot. And, you know, he's... Uh, believer and you know we differ on some theological things and political things but it's like you know when it comes right down to the the nitty-gritty of the gospel we just have some great conversations Mm. and a great camaraderie great family and so there's just been you know a lot of backyards where we just kind of hang out and um you know fire up the uh little 
He's got it's, it's like it's a, it's not even a real fireplace. It's like you just put the little propane thing on and just <laughs> fires it up. It's awesome because it's like there's no you know gasoline involved, which is a little disappointing because you know it's fun to play with fire. <laughs> so the comparison game that's insulting to God, isn't it? But we do it anyway, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, but it's insulting yeah. to God, isn't it? I would think so. I would think so too. What, no, what do you mean? Comparing myself to others? Well, yeah. If you're in the comparison game, yeah, I think this person has this. I wish yeah, I had that's that. That's wrong. It's it's what do they call that? Coveting. Co- coveting. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yep. And which is idolatry, says the New Testament. Mm-hmm. What if you like look at somebody and go, "Gosh, I'm glad I'm not him." Yeah, Saying, why are you pride. looking at me right now? Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. When it, we do, th- I do that all the time, and I used to do it that if I was better at something than somebody else. I had him, and life was a competition and all that. Very hard to love your neighbor as yourself when you're competing with everybody. And I think as you get older, you lose that. But I think for guys, that's kind of well, it's in the DNA, isn't I, it? I think, I think what you're talking about is bad co- competition. I think there's good competition. You know, Paul talks about, you know, f- running the race, and he never, nowhere in the Bible that, that I know of says you can't compete sports-wise, for instance. No, I get that, but yeah. I think in our society and guys, we take the sports analogy to life in general. I, I, I agree. And yeah. bad competitions for me is when I lose, and good competition is when I win. Yeah. But you're comparing yourself to somebody's outsides, your insides, yeah. you're going to lose all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yep, the Oompa Loompas are always at the door. You know, it's like, I want it now, Daddy, and I want it now. And, you know, we're just, we want something we want, we don't have. That's what causes quarrels among us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find Mm -hmm. myself doing that, um, you know, occasionally. That's why I bought a truck. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going down that road. But it's, I mean, I do. I think you just, you have this idea that you're going to, you know, that you you do. You start comparing yourself, and I wish I had a little bit of that, or I'm glad I don't do this. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, Focusing on what God has for and, you. Right. And to be happy and joyous in what he's given you and not care too much what somebody else says. Somebody, a friend of mine recently was telling me about his woes with his children. And I'm single. And I thought to myself after the conversation, I guess it's okay that I'm single. I mean, it was just such a heavy-duty problems that his family's going through, you know. Mm. So, so I, I think that's easy to do, Bill, like... <laughs> I would never do that. I'm a better Christian than you are. I go to the true church. My interpretation of Bible is the right way. Uh, it's hard to turn that off, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to find that contentment in God is, that's what you, you know, you want to be, you know, yeah, you just want to feel God's pleasure in what yeah. you're doing and to be satisfied that he's provided for me. It's like, I don't need, I mean, if I if I had all of that, then... You know, God would, if I needed all that, God would give it to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have what I need. And To be Mary and not Martha, running right. around the kitchen, just be Mary at his feet, content with what he's given you. All right, well, we're going to take a little break. Guy Talk is uh, happening this hour. Uh, just a reminder, on November 21st, we're going to do uh, Afternoons with Bill Arnold live, but it's going to be in the evening right here at the University of Northwestern with my guest uh, and teacher, Jeff Verdorn, is going to be the, uh, the guest that night. You're going to want to go to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up. We've got limited space, and it's going to go fast. We're going to have a great night of Bible teaching. Bring your Bible, bring some paper, bring a pen. We'll have cookies and coffee, and we'll have a great hour of uh, fellowship with Jeff. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, it's November 21. It's a Thursday night. We'll start uh, in the evening, and we'll record the show. 
But for now, we'll take a short break and be back in just a minute. On Faith Radio. Welcome back to the show. Guy Talks underway. Getting some interesting questions. Here's one from Dave, a listener. He said, uh, I'll paraphrase this a little bit. Um, the notion that all religions believe in the same God, Christianity, Christianity and Islam, you know, that both religions believe in the same God, in God, that's just not at all true. No, it is not. And he was wondering if there was an apologetic term or, or a definitional ism for this kind of belief. I think it's universalism. I think that's it? it, that we all, all, all are saved, we all kind of worship the same God. And Paul the Apostle says that the gods that the heathens worship are demons. Mm. Not another version of our God. Right. They're demons. Wow. And And I would say, when people say, well, Muslims and Christians worship the same God, I got to say, wait a minute. For me, to deny that Jesus is God is a heresy. For them to say that Jesus is God is a heresy. So how do we both believe in the same God? It just doesn't compute. Well said. I like that. Now, this is a question that I would normally ask guys if I were to say, how are you most like your dad? But I'm going to turn it a little bit and say, how are you most like your mother? Nope. <laughs> what, what, what did you learn from your mother that you have found yourself doing as well? I'm everything like my mother. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, All right. That's a hard one. Wow. Um, my mom was, my mom, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Um, my Go mom ahead. was You're super, you know, I don't even know how to begin. So my mom was full of graciousness. She absolutely understood hospitality at its finest. Um, my only disappointment is, you know, she she loved gracious living, but she did not live a life full of grace. Mm-hmm. So whether she's a believer or not, I you know, you know, I, I just know that God is just, and if she's in heaven, then it will be a great and glorious thing. And if she is not in heaven, it's gonna be a great and glorious thing somehow. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, that's I. I, I just know that God is that good, and He's that just, and He's that He's full of mercy and compassion and grace. So, um, but I think you know I learned my mom is you know how to cook and how to um, to be you know just be very hospitable and to um, to to love people the way that they are and to accept them the way they are, even if you want to get them to believe in a God that is you know that is the God that is, and it's not the God you want him to be, um, you know, that, that you still have to love people at their face value and that you're going to get a lot further that way and to look for the good in other people. I like so it. That's, that's things beautiful. that she taught me. Uh, it's a courageous statement you made and very loving, very tender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's real hard to emotionally go to a place where mom might not be in mm-hmm. heaven. She, I, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm going to visit my, my dad and my brother this weekend in Austin, Texas, and it's... I, my life is just very anxious about that trip and because none of my family are believers. Not your original question here, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. but it's just, you know. Pray but for how, him, everybody. Yeah, yeah, but how, you know, how, you know, it's just like, you know, my, my brother will say that, you know, well, Mark, you've got all, you've got, <laughs> you've got enough religion for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't. I just no. have my own and you need to really wake up. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, my mom has taught me some, 
some really wonderful things about how to be hospitable and be gracious. My mother knew how to give you what we call guilt. <laughs> and my little brother and I in the summers, we'd say, Mom, it's so hot in our Lutheran church. They don't have air conditioning. Do we have to go to church in the summer? And she'd say, boys, it's hotter in hell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and we would drive her nuts, and Mom would say, you boys are going to drive me to the nut house, and when I get there, don't bring me back. <laughs> We'd be wa- my brother and I'd be watching TV, and Mom would walk by and say, "Boys, just lie on the couch. I'm a 45 year old woman. I'll have a heart attack, but I'll mow the lawn." <laughs> so, how am I like my mother? I don't know that she ever had a lot of guilt, but she sure know how, knew how to inflict it, and oh, I'm yeah. still living with it. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> guilt, yeah. guilt, guilt, yeah. guilt, guilt. Oh, man. That reminds me of what my mom did. She came in. She was so frustrated with all of us. Just, I have run the gamut of emotions. <laughs> I've been up and down these stairs so many times, I can't begin to tell you. There's dinner in the refrigerator. You know how to warm it up. I love you all. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and then up the stairs that. she oh, goes. Wow, wow. What a speech. <laughs> oh, it was epic. Oh, let's oh. get out the academy. To be a word for oh, that one. Yeah, drama. yeah, I learned drama for my mom as well. So there, George, what about you? Gosh, you know, my mom's been gone 42 years. Mm. And I, my mom got sober. Uh, so I guess I got that from my mom. Billy, I think it was uh, love for animals is the thing that really stands out. My mom was like the nicest lady in the neighborhood. And everybody came over to our house. Um, but she really loved dogs, and she had chickens and stuff when she was little, and I have that. But I guess one of the things I remember about my mom is her handwriting. Her penmanship mm. was just beautiful. And I know I'm going to see my mom again. She was uh, Catholic, so maybe there's some purgatory time in there for mom, uh, <laughs> probably for her son, too, even though he's uh, not Let's Catholic. Be serious, George. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking serious today. Yeah. Let's well, talk purgatory. No. Yeah. Okay. You know, I just, uh, what you said about your mom, you know, what we believe, uh, we believe to be true. And um, I think for me, you know, like what the Catholics believe, they could be right also for me. And my belief isn't that, but uh, Jesus Christ, you know, crucified, died, resurrected. As you talked about earlier, that's that's the main thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. thinking it's a good topic to think back on. For Just me. a mustard seed is all you need. I mean, you know, so you know, yeah, the, the thief on the cross. I mean, and we're all going to just. My go. mom, my mom had also she had Louis body dementia, which is this crazy combination of sort of Parkinson's and and Alzheimer's. Oof. It's it was brutal. But like, if you began to sing. You know, she would, you know, she'll sing, she would sing Amazing Grace and, you know, Bicycle Built for Two. Uh And it was, you know, she just would pick up on remembering, you know, those songs. um, And that was, it's like, well, you know, there's something in there. So it's like, well, I don't know. You know, God has mercy upon whom he has mercy and compassion upon whom he has compassion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All right. I wanted to start with that one. So I know uh, you have all learned something from your dads, too. What what was what's the loudest thing you walk away with in memory of your dad? Um, my dad's still alive. Your dad's still alive. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, yeah, of course. You, Tom, you guys go first. Your dad's well, gone. My dad died way back when he was fifty three years old. I was nineteen, and I remember people at the funeral. Oh, your dad was so young. I'm thinking, no, he wasn't. He's fifty three years old. <laughs> right. So anyway, wow. my dad was good at just um, 
He had an important job when he died. His picture was on the front page of the Omaha newspaper, and he was an important man in, in many ways. But he just was as humble and, you know, talked with the janitors and just he had no airs about him. And that was that's what I learned about from my dad. Like Georgie. Oh, gosh. Uh, my dad had no do to, you know, no double life duplicity uh, in that. He didn't act one way around certain people or this way around that. My dad was a guy, and my dad was a very successful business guy. He was a great athlete. And the one thing he told me was, if you're truly sorry about something, don't do it anymore. Because I had said I was sorry about this, and he knew I was going to keep doing it. No, I had a real man for a dad, and, uh, you know, uh, that was a real blessing for me. It's that my Heavenly Father loved me enough to give me an earthly father who told me the truth. Mm. And uh, my dad wasn't one of these guys that was real worried about people liking him. Uh, You know, he got that from God, and he lived his life the way he should. He stubbed his toe a lot. He was raised a Southern Baptist and became a Congregationalist. But, but, you know, he golfed on Sundays, but he did it at a nice place. And I thank God (laughs) that I had... (laughs) That's important. Yeah, uh, that uh, I had the dad I did. My dad was a great guy. Was he a believer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I can't wait to see him again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's beautiful. My dad taught me how to hold a flashlight while he fixed the water heater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, my dad was... He was a good dad, so... um, it's a different. I'm in a different stage right now. So with him, he's been kind of going out with this other woman. Um, my mom died last year. I don't know if I made that clear. Mm. So I'm in a weird place with my dad at the moment, and right now I'm having trouble just sort of remembering some of the really good things that he's done. Um, so yeah, yeah, I wish I had a better answer. He's All probably right, gonna so listen back to this and go, "Where were you, man?" Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Can you think of an experience mm. uh, where you had to take a really huge leap of faith? Was there something that comes to mind uh, where you think, ooh, this is a little bit bigger step of faith than I'm used to in the past? See, I don't, I don't give you guys these questions in advance. I no. should do that. No, no it's, better that you don't, it. it's actually better that you don't. So yeah. what's the, a big leap of faith? Mm. Yeah. So like coming a, like, to, moving, the, to, moving from San Diego to oh, Minneapolis. That, that would be a big leap of faith, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, I came here with, uh, I was offered a position to work at a radio station in Minneapolis and was working in San Diego, and my wife and I wanted to get out of California, and they said, they kind of, they hired me on the phone. Wow. I, we didn't even, you know, it wasn't the flown in for an interview or any of that. It's <laughs> like, well, you're the guy. We want you. And so, do you want to fly me out there? Nope. You're the guy. Here you go. And it's like, well, let's go. And so we did, and we've been here since, you know, for now 25 years. That's a pretty big leap of faith, although yeah. it sounded like an opportunity that so- sounded like it made a lot of sense. Yeah, oh, it did. So but, did but that it take did. a lot of faith or just here's an opportunity that fits my wheelhouse perfectly? Well, fine. I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> just diminish my oh, dream, sorry. <laughs> no. Well, I think that there... But sometimes, you know, there's a leap of faith that you take. I mean, we didn't know. It's just like... Right. I mean, it was... We didn't know Minneapolis and oh, it's very a, well, and it's a huge it, it, it felt like a you know loop of faith. And um, we've been been praying, you know, for God to give us something clear. Yeah. Um, and so it was like this kind of came up, kind of out of the blue and out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And so, what about something your kids came to you and said, "Dad, 
I, I, I want to do this, but it's going to be a big risk. And you think in your brain, well, that's a big leap of faith. Is there something that they have uh, wanted to do that you have uh, been nervous about or you have encouraged them? Uh, again. My daughter's going to go to uh, Washington, D.C. this spring for a semester, kind of working in a, in a in sort of public policy um, arena. So Feels like through, a leap of faith, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like she's just going there and, um, you know, it's part of a semester at school at the college that she's attending. And, yeah. you know, it's, that it's it's like kind of a, a right turn in her life. Um, and so that feels um, definitely like it's a leap of faith. But a, again, sort of, but it's like it feels like a really good thing to do, even if it is a leap of faith. And is it, do I have to feel like completely, it feels like you would want to feel positive about taking a leap of faith. Um, as opposed to just a negative, and it's like it's better to do this to live and to lost, you know, maybe lose it or whatever, than to never try at all. I suppose. I mean, frankly, I'm bothered by the expression "leap of faith" because you know, mm-hmm. when is the last time you were in a pitch dark room and it occurred to you to leap? You know, that's <laughs> when you're the most careful and you're putting your hands out trying to feel so you don't bump into anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, stepping out in faith and trusting God and committing your plan. That to makes him, more sense. That makes way more sense. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Clearly, yeah, that's yeah. what I, that, I mean. You know, that's that's what yeah. it feels like I, to me. I threw it out as kind of a little fun, playful expression. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I see how you are. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> a little misleading there. Yeah, let me take a break. When we come back. Lots more of guide talk. George Fraser's in the studio as is Pastor Tom Brock at pastorstudy.org. It's his website. And Mark Senius, the chair of some department here at the University of Northwestern. What is it? Communication. Communications. There you go. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> Guy talk, gentlemen. When you see country style at restaurants, does that mean you're getting more food, more calories, or both? Gravy. <laughs> that just says gravy. <laughs> Simply gravy. Just gravy. Some sort of thick sauce is coming my way. Yeah, I just went to one of those all-you-can-eat bar phase for lunch, and, I, and when I come out, I'm thinking I, I should never do this never, again. Ever do that again? It's a gut bomb. I just think gut bomb. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's interesting trends going on in our country when grown men like us who are obviously men show up and we have to put on our on our name tag what our pronouns are. Isn't oh. that pretty much the most ridiculous thing oh. you've ever heard? And I, I, I frankly, I won't do it. But I wouldn't do it either. No. And, and listen how wacko it gets. The liberal evangelical Lutheran church in American denomination about a month ago had their national convention. These are pastors, delegates from the church. Get to the microphone. Yes, my name's Pastor Judy, such a her, hit, her, her, she. I mean, come on. And a lot of them were doing it. And I'm thinking, when it's come to the point where Lutheran pastors are giving you their pronoun, whether they agree with their anatomy or not, something has gone bonkers in the church. Her, she, chocolate bar? <laughs> oh, my. I'm sorry, that was... Not very funny. Ah. Well, no, it's, it's uh, you know, men, Christian men, I mean, I think we as believers need to go, well, this, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. We need to stand up and I, not I be reject so quiet. The, I reject the premise. Exactly I mean, right. if you're a person who is um, in a 
place where you want to let other people know, mm-hmm. that's cool, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's good. When that's, that's, I had an ar- argument with my relative because some 15-year-old boy who thought he was a girl killed himself. And this relative was real upset with me because I think um, if if it's a he, he should be called a he. That was my point. And, and uh, so just if, if a man thinks he's a woman, does that make him a woman? That's what I would say to these people at this microphone that were saying, you know, him, her, you know, and, and or they. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, there's uh, there's some of them wanted to be called they, which I guess means they're not sure or they haven't decided. Come on. I mean, women are the most spectacular creations that God has made. And, and these women give birth and give life. Mm-hmm. And so how can women not be upset when, you know, Bruce Jenner, oh. who's only been, oh. you know, um, has only said he's a woman for seven months, wins woman of the year. He and, hasn't even and, been a woman a year and yet. And then ESPN gave him the Courage right, Award. Right, right, I'm thinking, who is running these that, organizations? Yeah. By the way, that happened all too, way too fast. Way too I mean, fast. I was a fan of Bruce Jenner in, you know, college, and, yeah. you know, I needed to mourn the loss of Bruce, you I know. know? <laughs> I hear you. But I think, I think women, I don't, I don't know how women put up with it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the, the, the standard of beauty in this mm-hmm. world that God created. They give life. And all of a sudden, a six-foot-two guy with a beard mm-hmm. uh, says he's a woman? I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of killed the conversation. <laughs> it's, it's very confusing and hard because it's like, you know, like I do think it's, you know, I shake my head and it's like, huh? And, but it's like, but how can you, you know, how, how can we as Christians, you know, still love them mm-hmm. even if it is... You know, like, I just don't get it. Um, and so that would be my sort of, you know, I, when I first uh, came to Minneapolis, I mean, I got to know somebody who was, you know, was a guy, was a consultant in the radio industry, and he became a woman. And, and you know, it's just like, it was very strange, but you know, he was, and it's sad. It was just very sad, but it's like, but I still have to engage in this person on a one-on-one level. Mm-hmm. And I still have to interact with him, so I can't, you know, just shut off because of something I don't like about that person. So it's like, well, how can I love that person and in the way that Christ would love me? Um, and, you know, as, as hard as that, that is. And so I kind of always go back to that. And he was, you know, very helpful, um, whatever in my ha- life. Whatever happened to him? Oh, he's know? still around. I mean, as, or a, she, woman, yeah, as a woman. Yeah. Yep. And so, and I don't, I certainly don't have a lot of conversations with this person. Um, haven't interacted with them in a while, but they were, you know, very, he, you know, she was very helpful and influential and, in my but, life. But, you know, I couldn't call her. Even if, if he's had the operation, yeah. I still couldn't call he, her. It's difficult. I well, couldn't you, do I mean, it. you hear how I'm, yeah. I, I'm flipping back and forth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. but, and for all intents and purposes, the guy is living like a, a woman. woman. Yeah. And so, you know. It's so that's a personal thing that's just very you know very difficult and mm-hmm. but it's like it's sometimes super hard to respect someone yep. even if they are doing something that is just against everything. Um, my my best friend, his wife, his parents split. Her parents split, um, and then they both are now in homosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. And we get together with them every Christmas, 
and or you know quite a few Christmas, not every Christmas, but uh, and it's like they're lovely people. Yeah. I mean, they're just absolutely lovely people, and you love talking mm-hmm. with them, and they're left as left can be. Mm-hmm. But it's they are just really terrific people. So how can we love them even despite? Poor choices, yeah. um, you know, from a biblical standpoint. I think we got to love them, but not yeah. to expect to be loved back. Oh yeah, no, uh, I'm got, not saying that. Yeah, right. And I've you got, and we got to stand firm. It's like you know, hey, I mean, I've, it's you know I've, where I am. I've got a, yeah. uh, there's a married couple I know, dear Christian, humble people. Get a wedding invitation from the lesbian niece. Uh, we want you to come to the wedding. They agonized. They said we can't do this. They lovingly did the best they could to write each of them a, a humble, loving letter. We still love you, but we don't think this is best for you. The parent, the, the dad went ballistic. They won't talk to this couple anymore. And and I said to this couple, you did nothing wrong. Didn't if no. you lovingly and humbly share the truth, and people go ballistic, that's not anything you did. You know, look what they did to Christ. That's the point. Yep. Um, I. My niece got married last year, and she became a she's a believer, only other believer that I'm aware of in my immediate family, and the they brought the gospel at um, at their wedding. Mm. You know, just went full on Ephesians five. Great. You know, men, women, submit. Yeah, love your bride as Christ loved the church. Just went all out. I mean. You know, and it blew everyone's mind. Hey, there. Did people and it was get upset? A, people were offended. Oh yeah. And it's like you know, we're gonna we're, I want we want to let the gospel be offensive. We want this wedding to honor the Lord. And let's and sh- and if people are upset, then they let we're gonna let yeah. them be upset. And it's like I mean, we were I was blown away because I didn't wasn't expecting it to come. Good and, for them. And I was like that was like what a great testimony. Absolutely. Of, to stand firm and it's like this is what we believe is what our marriage should but be. With my background coming out of the liberal ELCA Lutheran Church and joining a more conservative, you know how many liberal denominations won't even touch those scriptures because they don't believe in them anymore. Right, which is, that's sad. (laughs) It's very sad. It's just tragic, really. Yeah. So what is with guys and gadgets? Are you a gadget person? Anybody? Oh, yeah. You like gadgets? Love gadgets. I know you just got a new truck, so it's probably got gadgets. (laughs) I I mean, I bought a space pen because it said, the ad said it, it, you know, it writes in space. I've never needed a pen that writes in space. (laughs) Do you have some plans there? No, I don't. I I need a pen that writes on thin paper. (laughs) That's what I need. I like pens, fountain pens. Yeah? Yeah, little gadgets. What would you spend money on gadget-wise? Pens? Uh, I mean, I used to spend a lot of money on fountain pens. Okay. I spent $350 have... on a pen once. Really? Yeah. You still have it? a lot of money. I still do, yeah. Does it work? Yes. Okay. It's, but I, it's put away, and yeah. I just... It's, Not to be well, used like, ever. Ah, Don't look at it. Well, it's more just like, ah, I, gotta, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. This is not healthy for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I, I, I'm outspending what I make. Yeah. You know, it takes me like, you know, four or five months to earn $350. <laughs> and Tom, you're a uh, garage just, sale guy, so... I'm, I love garage sales, yeah, I'm, but right. I'm not a guy, gadget guy at all. Yeah. And George, you're not either, are you? I don't even know what a gadget is. Yeah, that's true. So it's like it's when you buy like those glasses that have the two like flashlights on either side of the glasses. So no, that that's not true. Yeah, yeah. That would be that. Headlamps, you know. Yeah. No, I, I'm a golf hockey guy, and that's a pretty limited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you you do buy uh, t-shirts that have hockey emblems on them. So that's not a gadget, but it's kind of a. Well, I, you like you know, I used to joke that when I finally collected all 31 teams, the Lord was going to call me home, and it got a little close when I hit about 28, so yeah. I haven't done that yet. So you and stopped shopping? I did. I'm, basically, I live my life like I'm still in high school, but I'm 62 years old, <laughs> uh, and it works. I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. very shallow over here. <laughs> no, that's not true. You a so, gadget guy, Billy? 
Um, I have enjoyed gadgets over time, and I find them to be um, kind of a initially fun to you know to get, and then you stop using them, and then they're not practical anymore, and yep. then they're in a junk drawer. <laughs> okay. It kind of feels like a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But um, my yeah. daughter's calling me, so I'm gonna. You gonna take it? I am gonna take it. All right, it. we'll see you, Mark. All right, it's been nice having you in the program. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Senius is leaving the house. Has just got a phone call. Um, oh, so. My that's the way he goes. So, Mark, thanks for being Didn't here. Didn't we talk about this at the beginning of the show? Talk about what? iPhones. Yeah. No, it's uh, we did talk about iPhones, and he obviously had to go. So, <laughs> gentlemen, it's always nice to uh, have Guy Talk. Thanks for being here. Hey, Thank Bill, you. Wait, thanks Bill. for having yeah, us. No, it's great. Having us on. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Tom Brock, and go to the pastors, thepastorstudy.org. No, just pastorstudy.org. Okay. All right. Pastors. I'm going to get that right one of these pastorstudy.org. days. Pastorstudy.org. <laughs> pastors. If you have 5.2 million... Send it yes, in. Yes, yes, And also uh, George P. Fraser. Should have me back on your show, Tom. Got time. I'm He was available. a great guest. Was he a good guest? Uh, we interviewed. Actually, people can go to my website and type in addiction, and you'll get this guy for half an hour. Yeah, you'll maybe get George an hour for half if an he ever has me on again. No, it was a lot of fun. It it's a great show. I recommend it. I watch it. Great. Thank so, you. My daughter's yeah, getting on a plane, so she's flying from Michigan to Minnesota, so you're I back. to go pray for her. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You went and she prayed for her little, just now? She was a little anxious. Yeah, you just went and prayed with her. Yeah. That's well, beautiful. Then I feel guilty for making him feel guilty. I know. <laughs> Would you forgive us? Of course. Thank you. Mark you Senius. Forgive Why me. Would you I not, didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I'm clean. Anyway, hour two is ahead. Coming up, we'll have a full hour again with Jeff Verdorn. It's a episode that we have previously aired, but I just want to get the bug in your ear to get uh, prepared to come on November 21st, Thursday night, right here on campus. We're going to do Afternoons with Bill Arnold. It's going to be recorded in the evening, and it'll be replayed later, but you can be part of a live audience, and boy, are we going to have fun. We'll take a short break and be back in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.